Hello and welcome to a new series of the Zero to Finals podcast on pediatric gastroenterology. My name is Tom and in this episode I'm going to be talking to you about abdominal pain in children. And if you want to follow along with written notes on this topic, you can follow along at zerodefinals.com slash abdominal pain or in the gastroenterology section of the Zero to Finals pediatrics book. So let's get straight into it. Abdominal pain is a very common presentation in children. The causes can be split into non-organic causes, medical causes and surgical causes. Non-organic or functional abdominal pain is very common in children over 5 years of age. This is where no disease process can be found to explain the pain and all the tests will come back as normal. There are a number of medical causes that need to be excluded before diagnosing non-organic pain. Constipation is a very common cause. Urinary tract infections, celiac disease, inflammatory bowel disease, irritable bowel syndrome, mesenteric adenitis, abdominal migraine, pyelonephritis, Henoch-Shunlin purpura, tonsillitis, diabetic ketoacidosis and infantile colic. There are also additional causes in adolescent girls such as dysmenorrhea, which is period pain, Mittelschmerz, which is ovulation pain, ectopic pregnancy, pelvic inflammatory disease, ovarian torsion and pregnancy. There are a few surgical causes of abdominal pain in children. Appendicitis causes a central abdominal pain which spreads to the right iliac fossa. Intersusception causes colicky nonspecific abdominal pain with red currant jelly stools. Bowel obstruction causes pain, distension, absolute constipation and vomiting. And testicular torsion causes sudden onset unilateral testicular pain, abdominal pain, nausea and vomiting. The red flags that you need to be aware of for serious abdominal pain are persistent or bilious vomiting, severe chronic diarrhea, fever, rectal bleeding, weight loss or faltering growth, dysphagia, which is difficulty swallowing, nighttime pain, and abdominal tenderness on examination. So if any of these are present, consider a more serious cause of the abdominal pain. There are a few initial investigations that may indicate that there's a pathology. Where you do some blood tests and find anemia, this can indicate inflammatory bowel disease or celiac disease. Raised inflammatory markers such as ESR and CRP can indicate inflammatory bowel disease. Raised anti-TTG or anti-EMA antibodies indicate celiac disease. A raised fecal calprotectin can indicate inflammatory bowel disease. And a positive urine dipstick can indicate a urinary tract infection. Let's talk about recurrent abdominal pain. A diagnosis of recurrent abdominal pain is made when a child presents with repeated episodes of abdominal pain without an identifiable underlying cause. The pain is described as non-organic or functional and this is common and can lead to psychosocial problems such as missed days at school and parental anxiety. There is an overlap between the diagnosis of recurrent abdominal pain, abdominal migraine, irritable bowel syndrome and functional abdominal pain. They're all conditions that cause abdominal pain without a physical identifiable pathology. 
Recurrent abdominal pain often corresponds to stressful life events, such as the loss of a relative or bullying at school. The leading theory to the cause of recurrent abdominal pain is that the visceral nerves, or the nerves in the gut, are responding to normal stimuli with increased sensitivity and inappropriate pain signals. So the patient is experiencing pain rather than the normal sensations they'd feel in the gut. Management involves careful explanation and reassurance. Measures that can help manage the pain are distracting the child from the pain with other activities or interests, encouraging parents not to ask or focus on the pain, as this will just reiterate the message that the child is in pain and reinforce these pain behaviours. Advice about sleep, regular meals, a healthy balanced diet, staying hydrated, gentle exercise and reducing stress. Probiotic supplements can sometimes be helpful with symptoms of irritable bowel syndrome. Avoiding non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medications such as ibuprofen. Addressing psychosocial triggers and exacerbating factors for the pain. And offering support from a school counsellor or a child psychologist can also be helpful. Let's talk about abdominal migraine. Children are more likely than adults to suffer with a condition called abdominal migraine. This may occur in young children before they then go on to develop traditional migraines that cause headaches. Abdominal migraine presents with episodes of central abdominal pain lasting more than one hour and the examination of the abdomen will be normal. There may be associated nausea and vomiting, anorexia, pallor, headache, photophobia and aura. Management of abdominal migraine is similar to traditional migraines. Careful explanation and education is very important. It involves treating acute attacks and taking preventative measures. And preventative medications are initiated by a specialist. The way we treat acute attacks is with a low stimulus environment, such as a quiet, dark room, paracetamol, ibuprofen and sumatriptan are all options for analgesia. Preventative medications that can prevent these abdominal migraines include pisotifen, which is a serotonin agonist, propanolol, which is a non-selective beta blocker, cyproheptadine, which is an antihistamine, and flunarazine, which is a calcium channel blocker. Pisotifen is the main preventative medication to remember for your exams for abdominal migraine. It needs to be withdrawn slowly when it's stopped as it's associated with withdrawal symptoms such as depression, anxiety, poor sleep and tremor. So thanks for listening to this episode on abdominal pain in children. A big thank you to Harry Watchman for perfectly editing the podcast. If you found the podcast helpful and you want written notes on this topic and all the other topics, head over to Amazon and pick up a copy of the Zero to Finals Pediatrics book. You can also find full audiobook versions of the Zero to Finals books so that you can listen to the books from cover to cover or to listen to individual chapters or topics. You can also find notes, videos, illustrations and questions completely free on the Zero to Finals website at zerodefinals.com and I hope you tune in to the next episode where we'll talk about constipation.